Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Martha says this after she has run out to meet Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mary, Martha, and the disciples find themselves in confusion and in pain. Jesus, it seems, has abandoned them by not showing up on time. There's death all around. Lazarus has died. There's death awaiting Jesus if he returns to Judea. Thomas even says, let's go die with him. And so it is with us as well. There's death all around us. We can name the death from all the devastating natural disasters that seem to be daily reported. More distressing is the death, devastation, and cruelty happening from human hands that are reported to us. Now, governments around the world are making laws to criminalize people, to ostracize a certain few from the benefits of society and so increase the suffering. Jesus, if you'd been here. With all this natural and legislated cruelty around us, it's quite reasonable to be hopeless, to conclude that Jesus is not here. If Jesus were here, people wouldn't be dying. The cruelty and suffering would not be happening. If Jesus were here, the despots would go away. Women could get educations. Healthcare would be for all. Cancer would be cured. If Jesus were here, our partners wouldn't leave us. We'd get that job. Gunmen wouldn't shoot children in our schools. If Jesus had been here, then what we hoped for would happen. Episcopal priest Cynthia Bourgeau writes, Suddenly, the tapestry of joy and sadness hangs in the balance of events beyond my control, and I await the verdict with heart in mouth. And if it should be, God forbid, that there is no cure, no way out, but death and destruction. We speak of the situation as hopeless. We base our hope, she says, on good outcomes. Martha, even in this confusing situation with Jesus, delaying his return, hopes for a good outcome. 
When Jesus comes to Martha and says, your brother will rise again, Martha replies, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day, in the future. Jesus responds, look now, I am the resurrection. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Many in the Christian tradition over the centuries, especially today in many American denominations, take Jesus' declaration that they will never die and make it about an outcome. Believe hard enough in the magical power of Jesus and there will be no suffering and no death. If you get cancer, if there is unemployment and disasters, violence, if you're not getting the outcome you hope for, then someone isn't believing in Jesus hard enough. Someone is sinning. Kate Bowler, while researching the prosperity gospel recounts, a few years ago, I was in Houston, the mega church capital of the country. I found myself on Good Friday with nothing to do but hope that people might be free to talk on the darkest day of the Christian year. Seeing nothing on the church websites, I spent the afternoon calling around to see which service I could attend. Most were not holding services. But I was encouraged to come back on Sunday when Jesus was risen. One lady who answered the phone baldly told me that she had no idea what I was talking about when I, asked, when I said Good Friday. Finally, Kate found the Lakewood Church, the only mega church with a Good Friday service. It was held in the former arena of the Houston Rockets basketball team. There she was greeted with an army, she says, of cheerful volunteers chirping, Happy Good Friday, Happy Good Friday, Happy Good Friday. This is where we go, isn't it? We like the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday and return next week to Easter and Alleluia, He is risen, I can eat chocolate. Yet in skipping those days of fear, betrayal, suffering, and injustice, those days of feeling God has abandoned us, those days when we lose hope, we're not facing the truth, are we? Or at least we're skirting over it. Cynthia Bergeau writes, but where does that leave us in our own lives when the biopsy comes back malignant, when despite fervent prayers, healing does not occur, when there is no miraculous intervention. Not only is the situation still completely hopeless, even worse, if that's possible, it now seems that God has abandoned us. Our religion has let us down. But there is another kind of hope, she says, beneath 
the upbeat kind of hope that parts sees and pulls rabbits out of hats, that offers those positive outcomes, this other hope weaves its way as a quiet, even ironic counterpoint. She goes on to describe a mystical hope as a contrast to our usual notions of hope with these three attributes. Mystical hope, one, is not tied to good outcomes to the future. Two, it has something to do with presence, not with a future good outcome, but the immediate experience of being met, held in communion by something intimately at hand. Cynthia calls this experience living in the mercy, with a capital M. Now, before you go, mercy, I know a lot of times this word needs to be unpacked a little bit because we equate it with, God, you know, have mercy on me, don't, don't hurt me, forgive me, you know, we're groveling and God's up there and coming down. Well, no, actually, if you take, if you look at the root of mercy from the Etruscan, which I know you all know, that <laughs> it's merce, and it means a transaction. You find it in commerce, merchant, and then merci is offering a compassionate good will toward another. So actually, mercy is a, tra is a connection word. And mercy is about we get empty and God fills us. We get empty and God fills us. Mercy. So the mercy, she says, is the creative and sustaining presence of God that enters into the darkest moments, the most desperate, devastating times with this light, this little bud of energy. It confronts death with new life. And that mercy is present no matter what the situation or the likely outcome. It's always there. It is what Jesus shared with the Samaritan woman at the well. It is the living water that allows us to never be thirsty, no matter what arid land life has taken us to. This kind of hope the third quality, bears fruit within us at the psychological level. The sensations of strength, joy, and satisfaction, an unbearable lightness of being. But mysteriously, rather than deriving these gifts from outward experiences being met and our expectations fulfilled, it seems to produce from within. Our trust in the mercy works in us to bring hope to situations that seem hopeless. Bourgeau continues, hope's home is at the innermost point in us. It does not come at the end as the feeling that results from a happy outcome. Rather, it lies at the beginning as a pulse of truth that sends us forth. When our innermost being is attuned to this pulse, 
it will send us forth in hope, regardless of the physical circumstances of our lives. No matter what outer storms assail us, when we enter it, it enters us and fills us with its own life. A quiet strength beyond anything we have ever known. If we know Christ is always present, it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. But that our reliance, our awareness on that presence can change us. Because now we are basing our response, our hope, our strength, our actions sourced from the mercy living water. This mystical hope is what Eddie Hillison described in her diaries from her incarceration in a concentration camp. She wrote of an inner experience of compassion and joy, of seeing the horror, and at the same time, the incredible, indestructible beauty of this world. It's what must have kept Polly Murray, Dorothy Day, and Howard Thurman, and Desmond Tutu, and those people only you may know, acting from love and for love in this world. If, in our raw despair and confusion, we can cry out in honesty, truth, and confession, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We'll see in the midst of our overwhelm and confusion and hurt and fear. We'll see with our inner sight that Christ is here, weeping and in despair in us. If we are not defining our hope by external outcomes, then we'll find ourselves able to resist or untangle our complicity in the systems causing the suffering. If we are drawing our hope, not from acts of Congress, but from that deep living water, then we can be the bearers of the mystical mercy to this hurting world. Amen. <laughs>